There ain't no blues like the sky. It wasn't there a moment before, and then it was. In my living room at 7.16 in the evening on Tuesday, December the 12th, 2007. I thought at first it was a plant, a dead plant, a dead branch actually, leaning up against the wall opposite my desk. I tried to remember it being there before. I'd had many potted shrubs and bushes in my New York apartment over the years. They all died from lack of sun. Maybe this was the whitewood sapling that dropped its last glossy green leaf just four months after I bought it, two weeks before my father died. But no, I remembered forcing that plant down the garbage chute in the hall. Just as I was about to look away, the branch seemed to quiver. The chill up my spine was strong enough to make me flinch. What the hell? I could make out a weak, hissing sound in the air. Maybe that sound was what made me look up in the first place. It was a faltering exhalation, like a man in the process of dying in the next room, or the room beyond that. I stood up from the seventeenth set of lectures in the eighth volume of The Popular Educator Library and moved, tentatively, toward the shuddering branch. My apartment was small and naturally dark, but I had 600-watt incandescent lamps specially made for construction sites set up in opposite corners. I could see quite clearly that the branch was not leaning against the wall, but standing, swaying actually, on a root system that was splayed out at its base like the simulation of a singular broad foot. The shock of seeing this wavering tree limb standing across from me had somehow short-circuited my fear response. I moved closer, wondering if it was some kind of serpent that one of my neighbors had kept for a pet. Could snakes stand up straight like that? The breathing got louder and more complex as I approached. I remembered thinking, Great. I win the lotto only to be killed by a snake nine months later. Maybe I should have done what Nicky told me and moved to a nice place on the Upper West Side. I had the money. Twenty-six million over twenty years. But I didn't want to move right off. I wanted to take it slowly. To understand what it meant to be a millionaire. To never again worry about work or paying the bills. The sound was like the hiss of a serpent, but I didn't see eyes or a proper mouth. Maybe it was one of those South American seed drums that someone had put there to scare me. Nikki, I called into the bedroom, even though I knew she couldn't be there. Nikki, are you in there? No answer. She had sent my key back two years before a little while after she left me for Thomas Beam.